Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode 17 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I am Tim Geddes. I'm joined alongside the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Hey, good to be here with you today. We got my boy, Alfredo. Alfredo Diaz. Alfredo plays over on Twitch. How's your whole Twitch thing going? Good, good. Yeah. Um, It's just fun. Good. (laughs) It's just fun. What what, what have you been streaming lately? H1Z1. Just random encounters with people, role-playing. Cool. It's been... What are you role-playing as? Uh, I usually just pick people up, and then from there I kind of just force the situation, feel it out. Fredo Cab Confessions. You know, it, usually Ooh, it's just like, like, you know, that. who were you in this in this life before the zombie apocalypse hit? And people give like random stories. And you Do they really? Roll with That's it. fun. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. What you guys excited about? Do you murder him? Do you murder him right away? I mean... Eventually, got to murder him. Yeah, yeah. So it's always just like how often do you get killed in H one Z one? Is this is it just chill where everybody's like trying not to kill each other now, or is it still just anarchy? It's still anarchy, but yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's just like, well, I mean, I play Battle Royale, so it's like, how far do I u- do I go using this person? Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, Khan and I would be stronger the longer we go on, but once we hit what five last people, then it's like, hmm. gotta get close. Gotta start thinking. It's like, hmm, when does he go? Yeah, when yeah. does he go? <laughs> the question is if. Yeah, <laughs> he goes. Um, so. What have you guys been playing lately? I've been playing State of Decay Year One Survival oh, Edition, yeah. which is a complicated name. This is the first time we've ever you've ever asked me a question on a show, and I can actually talk about it. Oh yeah, because I've been embargoed. Been playing the embargoed. I've been playing this thing like crazy. Yeah. Haven't able to talk about it. It's so good. Hmm. And it's it's just hitting the it's hitting the nail hitting right the, the good head. stuff. Ah, it's good. Uh, Christine watch checks in every like. Three hours, and she's like, "This game looks boring because you're just doing the same thing." I'm now like, when you say, "I know." Now, when you say she checks in, does it mean she just looks? She's laying in bed already, so does it mean she? I've just been laying looks- in bed recently. She's <laughs> been on the the PC terminal. She's been playing The Witcher. The so PC like, terminal. Yeah, that's what they call it. You know, like terminal that. hacking and whatnot. Yes, yes. So she'll look over, and it's just me taking a rucksack back to my truck to go to the next house to get another rucksack full of food. How's the frame rate? Oh, it's still not great. Oh, okay. It's still very it's much. Still fun to it's play, still very yeah. much state of decay. I mean, Undead Labs, they have like all these great ideas, but they're still a small studio, mm. so that stuff still shines through. It's, it's not running amazingly, you know what I mean? But it doesn't. Yeah. It is. It also isn't as bad as like. Remember when we did our Let's Play? We started driving, and it was like that was like a rare one-off. It's not getting that bad often, but it's still like you know, it's still the same lovable, janky little game it always has been. Like this open world, go investigate and see what happens. Yeah, I forgot to mention this, but you know what else runs really smooth? GTA Five on the PC. Ah, wow, good things about it. It is beautiful. Really? Yeah, it is really beautiful, and it controls so well on a mouse and keyboard. Really? Get it. that shit out of here. PC mustard race. Oh god, I hate you so much. What about you, Colin? PC mustard race. I've been playing a game called Medieval Defenders on Vita, which is just like a tower defense game. Bastion on PS4. I finally got around to playing that. It's awesome. I'm like, you know, four or five years behind Bastion's that. amazing. Uh, and um, Shovel Knight comes out today. So uh, on PS4, Vita, and PS3. So life stops until I get that Platinum. Mm. Um, <laughs> and uh, Platinum's going to be very hard. Beat it without dying. Um, Damn. All sorts Jesus. of stuff. Well, I'll be able to do it. I, I, did, I got the trophy in Mega Man 10. I was, I was talking to Greg about it for beating it without dying. And Mega Man 10 is way harder than Shovel Knight. Um, there was a Mega Man 10 trophy to beat it without getting hit, which I couldn't do. Holy crap. <clears throat> took way too much patience. I can get through the first eight stages without getting hit, but once you get to Wily's Castle, it's, it's too hard. I don't know if you guys know about this. There's some, Jeez, that's amazing. I heard that there's a trophy in Mortal Kombat X that like people still don't even know about. It's like some secret. It's a secret Interesting. trophy. Hmm. I didn't hear about yeah. it. Oh, that sounds secret cool, though. Trophy. I like that's things cool. like that. I like when things happen. Like It takes a while for people to figure out what the hell mm, they need to do. Because yeah. when you know all this shit from before the oh, game even mm-hmm. comes out, just reading the trophy yeah. names, that's yeah. no fun. Agreed. Yeah. Recently, I've been playing Sonic the Hedgehog 1. On Genesis? No, so um, when when I was doing Colin and Greg Live with Greg, 
they announced the the next wave of Sonic 3D, not Sonic, Sega 3D Classics on a 3DS to help, you know, with the library. And, um, the ever, ever, ever growing library of the 3DS. Vaunted yeah, yeah, yeah. 3DS, 3DS library. With his Sega Genesis games. So they announced Sonic the Hedgehog 2 3D. And I was like thinking about it and I was like, hmm, I don't know if the 3D would be cool in that or whatever. And I was like, it could work because of the way that game looks. And then I was like, I'm going to download Sonic 1 and play through it again. Because also, we've been, we played Sonic Boom recently. Sonic and that was, that was goddamn really What a great game that was. <laughs> but it's like, and then recently, Greg did this Nerd Court thing, which you should go check yeah. out over on YouTube.com slash Skybound. Sky very, very good. That was very funny. It was yeah. really, really, really funny. Links right here. I can't believe it Kevin. wasn't scripted. Yeah, Actually, me no, neither. No, no. Right? It really felt scripted. It was a thing where it was uh, Greg versus one of the Warp Zone guys, Sonic versus Mario. and uh, but re- Reverse roles. I was Mario. They were Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Which is a surprise because Greg is a you know. I Sega think uh, having been a Sega fanboy, I know better than most that Sonic is garbage. Yeah. Well, and so he see, that's burning in hell for everything. <laughs> he's From watching that, it's like I am. A, I will never argue that Sonic's better than Mario, but yeah. I do think that Sonic gets a bad rap for his earlier stuff. I don't think that they're perfect games, but I was like, there has to be something. Like, because so hang, hanging out one? with Colin really makes me question a lot of my decisions from my younger years. Yeah, and as I'm it like, should. I was like, hmm, there's. There's no way they're as bad as I thought they were. Yeah. Or uh, they're as bad as now Colin's making me think they were. Because I remember them being something. Yeah. Sonic 1 has its issues, but I remember 2 and specifically 3 being the shit. So I'm like, I'm going to play through all of them. I've been playing through 1 for the first time ever trying to get all the Chaos Emeralds and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. It's good. It's damn good. Think you guys are wrong about this one. Just run. Full no. speed. No. There's no way. That's only See, like the first, gonna hit you. The first yeah. two levels. That's <laughs> it. The first game I ever got was Sonic on Game Gear, and I hated it. Well, that was yeah, that's a mistake. I hated it. it. Game Gear. You can only the play first it for like game 10 you ever got was Sonic on Game Gear. Yep. Apparently. So like was you got yeah, Game Gear was your first. Oh yeah, system. yeah. I mean, the first system I ever got was Game Gear, wow. and the game was Sonic. Man, that's bizarre. What a poor child yeah. you are. Yeah, poor poor child. Here's what I want to know. Uh, you tweeted the other day, Fredo. <laughs> yeah. That you're thinking about building another PC. Yes. To so that you can have one gaming PC dedicated and one streaming PC dedicated. Mm-hmm. How, are you gonna do this? Why are you doing this? What are you? What's um, because games like The Witcher and like GTA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like I have a beastly like graphics card. I have like a GTX 980, and I a really good CPU as well. But it gets to the point where when you're streaming and you're running a game at like ultra settings, yeah. the, the, it's not the graphics card that's the issue. It's the CPU, and it just can't handle all that. Sure. So the temp runs at like 95. percent You need more fans, which is dangerous. Yeah, get that's the cool the cooling units in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, water. Need, you yeah. Oh my god, the water. <laughs> I mean, what a lot of streamers do, though, is what um, they essentially build a separate PC just for streaming. Yeah. You know, it's less expensive. I sure. mean, obviously, it's, it still costs like $1,000. But, like, just specifically for streaming, and then you just hook up your, your gaming rig into that streaming computer as if it was a console. Right. And then you just play that way. We're monsters, ladies and gentlemen. I know. Can we just imagine being, the, being younger versions of ourselves looking in the future <laughs> and being like, you're going to need... Two badass computers to do what the fuck you want to do. Holy um, it's shit! It's not necessary, crazy. but it's just like when I have a top of the line graphics card and I have to scale back, you know, yeah. the, the graphics settings because I'm streaming simultaneously. Like I'll stream, scale back the settings. I'm like, all right, yeah, this looks good, and then I'll like turn off the stream and still play, turn up the settings. I'm like, wow, yeah, I yeah, am yeah, yeah. missing I'm out, cheating myself of the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So we'll see. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is not the first topic for the day. Nope. The first topic is. 
You got no rigmarole? You're huh? not going to tell where Oh, yeah, the driving. rigmarole. You're there's right. The whole rigmarole. I always forget the rigmarole. You have been trying to remove the rigmarole from yeah. the show, and I'm here to make sure <laughs> there's more rigmarole than ever. To. It's just like, you know, it just happens. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, kind of funny games cast. It's essentially the game over Greggy show, but it's about video games. So every day you get a different topic. We're going to talk it out for your amusement. <laughs> Can I combine all of the sure. different Shove it all in there. I don't Say even know greetings about and that. salutations. Yeah. Greetings and salutations. You're having like a stroke. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> There's Oreos somewhere, right? Sure. Um, anyways, Monday through Thursday, you can get the topics broken out over on YouTube.com slash games. Or if you want to get it early, you can go to Patreon.com slash games. Get the whole thing early. Or else that next Friday, you can get the MP3. You can get the video. You can get all the things. And it's going to be great. This is a great show, Greg. Things are going awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you like to think. Shit, we yeah. forgot to record it. So I've got you into the first part of the rigmarole. Yes. Promoting the content. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to get you to the next part. Okay. Selling out. Selling so out. So like here, I've been doing a lot of interviews yeah. since we launched the whole thing. And one thing I always talk about, right, is that I want, my goal is on January 5th, 2016, one year removed from our launch date, our independence, uh-huh. is that we're at least getting close where... The videos, views and sponsorships and ads and stuff is making the same amount of money or close to the same amount of money as Patreon. I don't like that for our Patreon kids, they feel like they have to do everything for us, right? Mm. That they're our only source of income. So I went and sold this show for you. Okay. So I got an ad. for. I have many ads today. Okay. For you to read. How I'm many? a challenge, Greg. How many, I have, how many ads can I give you today? How many ads can I insert in this show? Three. Three? This is number one for you. Number one. You get to read this. Okay. Okay, um, ladies and gentlemen, this is ProFlowers. Proflowers.com, sponsoring the show. Are you guys familiar with Proflowers? I am not. Really? Please educate me. Have you ever used it? It's essentially it's a website you go and then you can order flowers and then they they send it to whoever you want. You can send it yourself, but that would be kind of weird. Or you can send it. It's kind of funny, though. It is kind of funny. You're at the office. I actually like that. You got a crush on somebody. They don't have the crush back. You send yourself the flowers. Then you look at That old chestnut. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Then you can just send it. You can send it to your girlfriend. You can send it to your mom, which is a good idea for Mother's Day, which is what they're talking about here. So here's the whole rigmarole of this. If you go to proflowers.com and you click on the little blue microphone in the top right corner and type in patron, so that's P-A-T-R-O-N. You're a patron of the arts, yeah. Yes, yes, or a patron of our Patreon. I was trying to stay away from Patreon so as not to confuse people. Just patron. I like confusing people. God damn it. You're, you're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whip you into shape here. But if you, if you do this, this order lasts until Friday okay, mm-hmm. at midnight. Okay. If you do it before then, you can get 100 blooms with a free glass vase for just $20. Oh. So the blooms are 20 The flowers... Blooms or flowers, if you didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. There you go. Actually, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. I, I Googled that. Um, blooms or flowers, and then you get the free glass vase, $20. You can send it to whoever you want. You can send it to your mom because it's Mother's Day. When's and then Mother's you don't Day? even need to worry about Mother's Day. Mother's Day is like May 14th, 15th, 12th. It's coming out around It's in that area. Somewhere around my birthday, yeah. Do, I think May Mother's 11th, Day is one of those fluctuating yeah. things, right? It's always on the Sunday or whatever. Yeah. It's always on the Sunday it or is. whatever. Yeah. Nailed it. That's, yeah. that's kind of funny. Sunday helping you once again be a better son. So that'll be good. But you don't need to send it to your mom. If you don't like her, you don't need to do that. You can send it to your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your just friend. <laughs> if you want your friend to be more than friends, this is a good way to let them know. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's it'll, a good point. it'll be cool. You can or go over to proflowers.com, click on that blue microphone, type in patron. Yeah. And then, bam, you there get you your go. 100 blooms of the free See, space. Here's There's the one thing. of mine. There's one. There's more. There's one. There's here's more, a, okay. here's more the sponsorships thing. coming. Okay, I have to say about that. So, that person that you like, mm-hmm. what, what, day, what day is it? It's April 21st. Literally any other day except for Valentine's Day. Go order them flowers and send it to them. Okay. Like baller as shit. Yeah, that's, that's what true. I was thinking. That the last few months, I've, I've I've become accustomed to going and getting Cheryl flowers for just really no reason. Mm-hmm. Well, so if that. you want to do and that from now on, go to proflowers. Yeah, that's what I, that, now I'm going to do that, and I'll have them delivered to her job See, directly. See, that's go. a baller move too. A yeah. hundred blooms. Yes. 
That's a lot of flowers for 20 bucks. In a glass vase? That's what I'm most excited about. You can see through it. All right, anyways, moving on. <laughs> Topic number one comes from Patreon. Hey. From our boy Jordan Smith. What up, Jordan Smith? Jordan says, Smith. Thank you hey, for your guys. Support. So I started thinking about this a few weeks ago. With the constant par- parching of games, always online, and the general lack of feeling of ownership over the games we buy these days, does it still make sense to keep our games? I'm going to pause this for a second and ask Colin a very serious question. What is parching? What, uh, Do you mean does you poaching? Mean par- or par- is it parsing? Let me see. The, can I see the question? Yes. See it in context. Sorry, so Jordan. Go with the constant par- parching. I don't know what that means. Parching of games. The constant parching of games. Always on... Because I thought maybe he was saying parsing, like the the piecemeal approach to games, like the DLC. That's kind of. Thing. kind of let me read the question. Does that fit in? Because we, we with that lens, does mm-hmm. it work? Okay. Uh, and the general lack of feeling of ownership over the games we buy these days, does it still make sense to keep our games? I still have most of my games from the PSX forward and can play them at any time I wanted. In fifteen to twenty years, will we be able to say the same mm. thing for current gen consoles? Thanks, friends. Keep up the good work. Yes. Okay. I think he means parsing. Okay. That makes sense. Like I'm he's breaking it up. Yeah. yeah, you're breaking it up. Mm-hmm. DLCs and whatnot, expansion. Yeah, like The Walking Dead. Online, instance. multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. This is a really interesting question to me because I'm a fan of physical games, physical goods in general. Mm. I like collecting things. I like having them. I like knowing that I own it. And when it's digital, I don't feel like I own it. Sure. It's always been an issue for me. And this brings up the interesting dilemma of why this is such a big deal to me. Of In the future, when licenses run out or whatever... I don't care. I still own my copy of Tony Hawk 3. I can play that whenever I want. But when licenses run out on these digital things, they, they lose the license, take it off the storefronts and all that stuff. You can't play it anymore. These are issues. So when we're really looking down the line, when our PS3s stop working, how are we going to play those games? Right. That's the big problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. No. Now, does he mean it in the digital sense, or does he mean it in the like the fact that like if I have my disc base of DC Universe Online and I try to plug that in ten years from now, maybe that game's not around? Well, I mean that because digital is a different rigmarole altogether. Yeah, the fact that yeah, once I get rid of my PS3 and I you know I'm done with it, I still have all these games I technically own lost in the digital ether, right? That are attached to my PSN, but I don't have an easy way to play them. I don't have a way to jump on. Not to mention that when. 30 years from now, Sony closes down, PlayStation shuts down, right? There is no more PSN. There is nothing to connect to. I never get those games. Whereas, like, yeah, if Nintendo closed up tomorrow, you'd still have your Super Nintendo and all those games and plug and play and have a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's it's funny because you were talking about, you know, you have your copy of Tony Hawk 3 on PS1. Two. Two, on PS2. Um, you'll be hard-pressed to find a PS2 that works in 20 years. Yeah. So, like, that that's, like, I think people are kind of skipping the whole thing that, like, yeah. the, the, the digital, the movement to digital is going to ensure that we can play a lot of these games in the future because they're going to be available as data and not as hard cartridges or discs that you have to put into a console. That's not going to work. Um, what I think a lot of people find right now is Atari 2600s work and NES's top loaders especially work and SNES's work, Genesis's work. But when you start introducing moving parts with PS1 and Saturn and all those, like those consoles are you're, you're going to be really hard-pressed to find a working PS1 in 20 years. Like That's just the fact. you know And... Uh, I still think that like my 2600 still works and my original NES from 85 still works but it's because it's not moving it's not doing anything mm-hmm. so I think that you have to kind of look at it in the other in the other way in my opinion which is that a physical media is going to die it's going to die it's going away forever and it's imminent and it's going to happen it's already happening and um, you can see that Nintendo is a really indicative example of this Nintendo has the lowest digital uh, 
buy-in you would think from their audience that you know a kind of a younger audience a more casual audience and yet they always show their numbers about well this game sold 200,000 copies including 80,000 digitally that's almost you know that's an extraordinary amount of copies that number is slowly going to grow um to me it's about more accepting what's going to happen and looking at the bright side the bright side is that these games will be available forever unless there's a fucking emp explosion over the united states these things are going to be on servers forever and uh games are gonna become cheaper yeah, games are already cheaper than they were when we were kids, and they're going to become even cheaper. So, because there's not going to be physical media anymore, and this allows people to explore the middle ground that we always talk about. That's right. gone now. You know that what what's stopping someone from uh, making a thirty dollar d- retail game? They don't do it because they don't want to be looked at as a budget title. But if that's a digital only title, that looks like a premium buy. Yeah. So there's a lot of positives, I think. But yeah, I mean, I think there there's there is a lot of good from it, but I think most of the issues I have are it's the licensing stuff because. If it was just the game, if all the games were available, then it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But because there's some games that I'll never play again just because of they use some song. like, Or it's going to be a weird-ass version of Crazy Taxi that I don't want to play. Yeah, where they don't have the offspring in it. Yeah, yeah it wasn't the same. It's just not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I hear you. I just think that you have to look at it like from a more pragmatic standpoint that... You can have these games, but I think people are living in La La Land if they think they're going to turn their PS2 on in fucking 30 years and it's going to work. You know, like, and play these games and their memory cards aren't going to be wiped and all this kind of stuff. It's like, unfortunately, that's just the way it kind of is. But I do know, agree with you that the licensing issues, that's an issue. You and I are talking from a different perspective because I think we've already given up on collecting, having all yeah, these things. Yeah, I don't things. want You're I don't still want the there, shit. right? Like, but I, I, I'm always the guy who says old games old, right? Like, I tra- traded in all my stuff growing up to buy the next system and stuff and I only regretted it once or twice. And now I'm totally like... Well, thank God I don't have an SNES and a, you know every system I ever owned following me around in a trunk because I just don't have anywhere to put them. But it's just like for this guy right now, he's like, you know, in 30 years, what game are you going to want to go back and play like that? You know what I mean? They're, and they're, like We look at re-releases and we look at the eShops and you're, they're going to be there in some respect. Like, But it's, you're more of a guy who wants to have every cartridge and every system and everything still there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting to look at just games in general right now. Like they're so different than they used to be. Like before it was just like the experience you can have it and that's it. But now it's like like Halo Two, right? Yeah, it comes out and they they shut down the servers and it's like, well, that game's useless now. Yeah, that game's dead. I mean, just, at least the online is. Same with is like Mag. Whole, exactly. All right, calling Mag. all cars. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that'll never be the up. same. And uh, then we're, you're seeing now like games like GTA Five, where they're taking songs out, they're patching it, and, like adding new songs in, which is awesome. But then taking songs out, which is like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. But I mean, I guess that's just like the world we live in now, where it's like it is this ever updating thing i mean um, my my whole thing is just i i play a lot of games but i always i mean whether or not you, gr- you agree with the whole trading in a GameStop system or how that goes uh, i always end up just trading games back in so if i don't have a physical copy it's like you know i sure i pick up nba 2k every year but it's like i could after i'm done with it for a couple months i could trade in and get like 30 dollars extra or something like that and whether or not you agree with that pricing yeah, that's a whole another debate but I could use that towards something else, but if I if all my stuff is digital, like with GTA um um on the PC, I was sitting there, I was like, I really want it, but once I buy this and like I'm not gonna play this in like a year, like I could give this up if I if I actually had a physical copy on the console, I could just give it up like I did like with the 360 version, right? Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest thing is that I'm just gonna have like this giant. I'm gonna look at like your Steam library, like like yeah, my Steam library, and like here's all. All these things I no longer play like oh look the past five NBA 2Ks uh, if I had a physical copy I could have gotten something back out of it mm-hmm. but now I can't it's cool it's really convenient like I love the convenience factor but yeah that's my thing it's just like this big huge digital library of stuff that could have been worth something 
It's the way that, you know, you fight that, though, right? Like, you do fight the used game market that way. And I think that's why console makers, for sure, are catching on and trying to figure out how to do that and right now biding their time, right, until they can make that move and make the digital version of Uncharted 5 $10 cheaper, you know, $20 cheaper mm-hmm. than the real, the you know, copy you're going to hold. Because then, yeah, you have that money, and you don't have to worry about losing that money. And that's, you know, Steam's thing you look i look at my steam library and it's just like man there's a lot of games in here and i don't sit up there and ra- rarely do i stop there and think about how much each one of those cost me or how much yeah. you know how, what that library is quote unquote worth you know what i mean you don't think about it that way it's just, just the cost to enter though yeah yeah i don't know i think that people just have to look at things in a more practical way which is that it's it's night nice. like i have fucking shit ton of nes and snes games in my house and, and i have all my ps1 ps2 games at home and all that kind of stuff but I don't expect that I'm going to go into my attic in 10 years and, like, plug that PS2 in and have, like, an experience on it. It's just, like, that's that's kind of in the past. Like, in a way, the, the digital revolution has been a blessing. It's just that you have to get the stakeholders and the licensees on board mm-hmm. in, a, in a more effective way because games do disappear even from PSN and Xbox Live. Um, <laughs> Turtles in Time. Yeah, Turtles in Time is a good example because, like, the, the like so they need, like, especially the stakeholders, the platform holders need to just figure out a licensing agreements that say, like, this isn't this is available in perpetuity. If you put it on the the platform, it's not coming down, you know. Yeah. Um, and I I don't think that that's unreasonable, especially if they're going to be making millions of dollars, which they will on on you know specific games there. So I I think that we have to look at it. You know, these old games will be available, and and I don't encourage people to emulate games, but there'll there'll always be emulations of these games too. So it's it's not like you know there are people doing good work out there making sure that they archive all these games a lot of these games are going to disappear forever mm-hmm. um and they are making digital backups of games and the library of congress and a lot of other places are getting involved in these kinds of things so like you know to make sure that we have backups and like real copies of these games that can be played in some fashion but we won't be playing mario one on nes and 50 years we'll be playing it on a different console and that's that's the blessing mm-hmm. that you don't have to like dig this old shit up and hope that you have a cartridge that works and hopes you have hardware that works like I, I love gaming collectors and, and game collections and stuff like that. And I have my own, but um, you know, good luck. Like with these newer, the, like a PS4 in 50 years, like you're not gonna find a fucking working PS4, you know. And if you did, it's not gonna connect to the PSN. It probably won't work, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it, it's it's for the best that this happens. And I know that you like to collect, and a lot of people like collecting physical goods. But this is good. This is good for gaming. This is good for the consumer, I think too, because I think that this stuff will eventually start transcending consoles and platforms and eventually be playable in lots of different places. And it preserves history yeah all right moving on topic two but before we get into that let's do another one of these uh no, what's sponsorship number two greg you want another ad yeah because me changing the game uh-huh ensuring our future here is ad number two okay this looks like ad number one greg it may it may look like that is it not uh, again yeah just read 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 the game okay <laughs> ladies and gentlemen again we are sponsored by proflowers.com it's a website where you can go and uh, get flowers for your mom or your girlfriend. It's Mother's Day so anybody, coming up, so you should do be that. baller. Yeah, you can really do it for don't, anybody. Don't forget Buy the parts for from the first ad. Where yeah, yeah, send Kevin flowers. Get it for Kevin. Get it to get it for. He Alfredo. got he got he, Kevin just used this ad. He when we were doing the show, Kevin went to Pro Flowers. He clicked on the blue microphone. He put in patron to get the hundred blooms for twenty dollars yes. and the glass face. Sent him to his favorite corpse. No, 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 no. You don't do that. But you, you do go to visit. You visit proflowers.com. You click on the little blue microphone in the top right corner. Type in patron. And then if you do that before Friday at midnight, you get 100 blooms with a free glass vase. Send it to whoever you want, and that'll be really fancy. Now, I, I got a lot of proflowers.com stories. <laughs> do you? I, I honestly do. Wait, what? I honestly do. I had a long-distance girlfriend for like a million years. This is all, it's all in my life. Oh, so you was. are a pro of proflowers. I am a pro oh, of proflowers. A patron, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, I would, 
it's a really easy to use website and you can send it wherever you want, which is awesome. And it's like, you can choose the delivery date and all that stuff. And it's like, you can really set it up down to like a specific time. So here's I my want time between... out the question about this yeah. for this. And this is, this is nitty gritty on this. You have the details in front of you. Mm-hmm. So you have to order this. You have to redeem this by Friday yes. of next week or Friday, Friday of this breakout goes yes. up, but this whole show goes up, uh-huh. not the Patreon or the episode. Can I, can you set this for like three months from now? Can I? Oh yeah. No shit. Really? Really? Yeah. All right. I'm pretty sure I'm going to redeem this like five times to just plan out every birthday for everybody. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's really smart. You can do that stuff. And the, the uh, flowers are guaranteed to be fresh and beautiful for at least seven days. Yeah. So that's good. And I can vouch for these flowers, too, because like they, they were great. Every time I said them, I got nothing but compliments. And it worked out for me. Mm. And I'm it glad that they stay fresh well. uh, for seven days, which even though the, the, the corpses that Kevin will be sending the flowers to have Been all the time in the time. world, mm. at least mm. the flowers will be uh, will be beautiful. But, that's uh, not nice. Kevin loves but, corpses. But yeah. And uh, you get to choose the delivery <laughs> date you want, and it's guaranteed. So that's awesome. All right. Again, ladies and gentlemen, proflowers.com. Little blue microphone up in the top right. You go there, and bam. Type in patron. You get your I got one more hundred blooms. Ready. One more. One more when you're ready today. Oh, man. I'm ready. <laughs> I wonder what it is. I wonder too. We'll, we'll see. But all right. So topic number two today. Now this one, this one's very important to me. It worries me. I want to. I want to know you guys' opinions. I don't want to know yours. Also, mm-hmm. very specifically, Alfred. Thank God you invited him to the show. I know, right? New Vita design, yeah. trademarked in Japan. <laughs> oh, it's happening! Everybody happening! Vita, 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 Vita. Oh, fucking shit! Am I excited for this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? The, 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 you've seen the design. Right, the right, so, doc. So what happens here, there's this little design. Have you seen the, the tech specs on this? They're not tech specs, but the specs Get ready on this. to fucking throw your second PC Savita. out the fucking window. You won't need Savita. it, buddy. Yeah, there's, listen to this. Thing. All right, there's blueprints. It looks like there's an HDMI port on it. That's intriguing. HDMI out. Okay, okay. Um, Play the big one on. It's described as a portable LCD screen game machine controller. That's not the big thing. Because that's how Lay the big thing on people it. talk. And it, it's very similar to the 2000 model. Are you talking about the shoulder buttons? Yeah! L2, R2. Wait, there's shoulder buttons? Yeah! It's happening, buddy. The new Vita. Additional, like two of them. Not like this. They're more like... Are they behind each other? Yeah, it looks like it. So, okay, I was looking at the picture, and I'm like, I heard you guys talking about this. I didn't see that. There's a button that... There's buttons... The L1 and R1 buttons look like triangles. And then behind it are the normal triggers, it looks like. From what I was... I'm pulling up, I'm pulling up yeah, schematics. Interesting. But, I mean, we don't know. I mean, they're, they're not... Is, nothing's marked. a trademark. It's like the dual shock that broke into two things to be a move. Like, I don't... Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. permanent. It's not necessary. No, I, I think this is... I mean, I think this is going to happen. But the... Um, and we've been talking about this for a while. Like, Vita is still viable for Sony, and I think that they're making money on it. I think they have to continue to reduce the cost of what it costs to manufacture. Mm-hmm. Um, Vita is doing exceptionally well in Japan. Um, so even if they were just going to release 3,000 in Japan, they would sell a few million of them probably. So I think it's probably worth it uh, for them to continue to make Vita. And it's, it's good that, that you know they're doing the unintuitive thing again, which is like people think they should abandon the system. And they're not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they really are putting their money where their mouth is. This is real. Sony did put this through the patent office in Japan so it's not like a, a hoax but Greg's Greg's point is is well taken which is that they do this with a lot of shit mm-hmm. um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised I've been saying for a long time that I don't think we've seen the last of Vita that like there'll be another redesign um, and we'll see what happens Alfredo you do not own a Vita correct I did at one point in time really yeah I don't even know about when that when it first came out alright yeah well what would make you want to get it again 
games that entice me. Yeah. And just right now, there's none. There's just, there's not, just not a vast I mean, library. Uncharted, Golden Abyss, but that's like a super AAA title for Vita. I don't really know if that's something that they're still going to continue to do. Which, I, Yeah, exactly. Looking at Colin, no. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, games that entice me, you know? If you, if you have a... I don't know. If you have a library of games, I'm just like, hmm. I, what that is, I don't know yet. I mean, you have know? you have you played any of the first person shooters on Vita? Yeah, back when it was like the first Vita, it was like it was, uh, it was Call of Duty, Call of and Duty, and Resistance. No. Yeah. Killzone was really good. Killzone yeah. was good. Some weird like robot game too, or something. I don't know. I forgot. But it was just it didn't control well. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a shooting game. Like I play a lot of just different games in general now, but they have to have a library of games that I care about. Yeah, you have that. I will. I will play. Not that it doesn't have a Gasol library right now. It does. It's just not games I feel like I want to play. That's yeah. understandable. You're allowed to say that. Yeah. You're not just allowed to say that there's a different library that's bitter. Huh? Nothing. Huh. Uh, we have breaking news today. For this is 21 minutes old from IGN.com. New PlayStation PlayStation Vita not coming after all. Just yesterday, a trademark surfaced for what appeared to be a newly designed model of the PlayStation Vita. However, that doesn't appear to be the case after all. According to Dual Shockers, the then Japanese text in trademark actually refers to a positional change of an element within the product rather than a modification of its design. As such, Sony's field filed request isn't in reference to what many assume to be the hypothetical Super Slim Vita 3000. According to Sony's full trademark listing, the registration is actually in reference to the three-dimensional position of the face buttons, not the shape or general form factor of the console itself. So now, I have to zip this zip up back up. I, I don't know, I don't <laughs> know though, because I, I don't know necessarily know if that's true. I mean, I, 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 I'm sure that this part is true with the Japanese characters. Um, we'll see what happens. The, 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 the big, the big, well, because the big thing Japanese is that the, schema- the schematic shows an HDMI port clearly at the bottom of the, of the unit. That, that could be mistaken for the power port on PS Vita 1000, but that is a picture of the 2000, because that has a circular start and select buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that port doesn't appear anywhere on the Vita. Today. Just the dev kit, right? Yeah, that's the thing a lot of people don't know, is, and that's why Sony, I think, is shy about showing Vita dev kits, is the Vita dev kit has always had an HDMI out. Always. Like, you can just plug your Vita into a TV, and it's done. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Sony doesn't want that to be shown or put in the Vitas, normal, normal Vitas. Um, but this is the thing I was talking about was um, the shoulder buttons. This is the bottom of the unit. So there's there seems to be like a new divots here. You know what I mean? So these are the things we were talking about. Maybe it's not going to come out or whatever. The bigger question, though, is 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 Vita still viable um, well, to, have, to have a 3000? And I think that it absolutely is. It's just it's just you have to control your expectations. You know, Vita's never going to Is it just that Sony's crazy enough to do this? Yeah, I, I've said kept, that many times. They kept pouring money into new PSPs when nobody cared about PSPs and they yeah. finally started caring about PSPs. They're a wily fucking company, dude. Like, they, they do the unintuitive. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I've said that for years since we were doing Podcast Beyond. I said that, like, Sony's... Everyone's like, well, there'll be another Vita. And I'm like, I, like a Vita 2. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, Sony is crazy enough to do it. I'm telling you they're fucking crazy enough to do it. You know? Like, whether or not they will or not, they're the company most likely to do it. Um... So this this made sense to me. I, I still think that they will remanufacture new Vitas and make them cheaper, get rid of the back touchpad and all that kind of shit. That'd be mm. awesome. Um, <laughs> it, it would it would it would render a lot of games inert. Nobody cares. About um, but games. it do, it doesn't matter. Little and large can go suck a dick. Nobody cares. Let's get this thing. Get two shoulder buttons on each side. Let's get rid of the back touch. Let's tell everybody to stop making front touch games. Let's make the interface no, the more like the, the PS4. Fine. Let's just get. Let's just make it. Let's just make it a mini. 
PS4 preference. I want, I mean, I want a new Vita. I've been wanting one. I've been wanting a redesigned one. I'm one of those guys that's going to keep fucking waiting. They're never going to make the buttons bigger. I know. They're never going to make the goddamn buttons bigger. And that's so upsetting. They can't really be bigger. I mean, the, the circumference of the buttons. I mean, where, how? Where, I mean, how I, would they become bigger? I want it to just be as big as it was on PSP. That's it. That's I don't feel like I they're that for. far off. No, they are think, extremely far off. I don't think, I don't think so. Yeah. They they are. Does These the, are like the size of the 3DS buttons. Did the, were the PSP Go buttons the same size as the Vita buttons? Like, are, are they? I'm sorry. PSP You're 3000 to PSP Go. Go question? Yeah, I don't yeah. know about PSP Go. Those were like super tiny. And like, well, I'm saying, I have a PSP GBA Go SP. over there where I could right now settle this, compare it to a Vita. I don't know if... It's not worth it. I think know. it is when somebody starts fucking insulting Vitas around here saying hey, the buttons dude. are different than the buttons. Well, they're, they're definitely not like the PSP buttons. The OG PSP. PSP 1000. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I remember the OG PSP. It's awesome. Those buttons are magical. That, is a, me- that is a media unit. They're good. It's PSP's a media damn good. PSP's I want that. All media. I wanted was a PSP with the OLED screen. And what they do? They took that from me, Greg. They gave little tiny little little girly buttons on the, the Vita First 1000. First off, there's some genderism. Everyday sexism hashtag. They have tiny hands. That's how you hashtag, right? You put it at the end of the hashtag? Yeah. Right. No. Everyday sexism hashtag. So then, <laughs> then, then they make the 2000 and they're like, all right, Tim, we're going to make it slimmer, which is cool. We're not going to fix your button issue and we're taking away your screen. Oh, yeah, we're not going to sell the original one anymore. I hate you all. You're all. Here's the problem with the fucking OLED screen is everybody just drank fucking Kool-Aid on it. So like, oh, like in IGN's article, they call like not no mention of they're bringing back the gorgeous OLED screen. There like, is mention. Every, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no. I'm, he, no, well, no. What I'm saying is there is mention because they say it's a portable LCD screen game machine controller. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're, I'm sorry. You're getting ca- you're getting caught up on the facts here. I'm saying that everyone in the pr- gaming press in the echo chamber is hung up on this OLED screen being gorgeous and all these amazing things. You didn't play any of the games, you don't even fucking know. So you can shut up right now. And so then, to, like, just come. It's not like you're fucking going from a widescreen 50 inch in your hand to an original Game Boy screen. Like everybody flips out about the new Vita screen. You don't even know what you're missing. It's great. Just buy it. Just get on board, Tim. Yeah, no, Import man. it from Japan with the cool tech. color. I'm in it for like the the. That's what I like about it. Is I like it. You being liked about it so much, you good. waited four years not to buy yeah. it. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, we already know I have my other issues with it. What? Where's Crash Bandicoot? Well, that's not on there. You can't, you can't hold that against <laughs> that's a big. I do, and these are licensing issues, which goes sure, back to our sure. digital thing. Right. I have problems with that, but still, I could look past it. There is other games that I do want to play. Most of them PS1 classics. Sure, but still, I don't want to play them on an OLED screen with big buttons. And people are going to be like, you know what? Well, you don't get what you want, Tim. I guess you're right. I get. An HDMI port, which is awesome. I'll give them that. If those are buttons, are shoulder buttons, all right, that's getting me closer. I would buy that. Yeah, 100%. If they made this, I'll buy it. Yeah. What, you, what are you hung up on? What are you looking at? I'm just reading. Will. I'm okay. reading. So the DualShocker story is actually pretty interesting. These are the guys The guys over at DualShockers actually broke the story about why this is not real. Um, and it's saying basically that, yeah, the positional kind of nature of like the dashes mean that those are all the unchanged elements of the original Vita, that the triggers are not actually there. This is basically a reproduction of the 1003G port or model. Um, I don't know. It was exciting even when it lasted, the whole story. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, I was thinking about with Alfredo specifically with Vita. I don't think Vita will appeal to you because Vita is a PC uh, in a lot of ways. It's, it's, it's a lot of PC first indie games so if you're already playing on steam there's really no reason for you to go be on vita vita is awesome because it, like i f- what people hate about vita some people hate about vita is that it has no triple a games what i love about it is it has no fucking triple a games so it's, it's a great place to play smaller downloadable games i love it i fucking love it if you if, and and that's and that's what it's you know we'll get freedom wars 2 and some other stuff probably but yeah. the triple a stuff is is dead uh, but vita lives 
Um, and I'm all about that. I yeah. want to play those games. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, if there's a third version, I will just buy it because I give up at that point. There's not going to be a fourth right. that I want. What if they come out at E3 and they're just like, we, here's the new Vita and it's got huge fucking buttons? If they come out and they're like, Tim, here's the Tim edition. Boom. Oh, I'd pay, I would pay a lot of money for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly would. If they were to just give me the exactly what I want, I would pay like $400 for it. Damn. That's how much I want it. Do you want the shoulder buttons? Do you want R2s? Yes, definitely. Yeah. That would be so would great you? for um, remote play. For remote would, play. That, that would be like the thing selling remote play that, yeah. to everybody. That would be awesome. I just don't think they can really practically do it. No, probably not. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I, Vita trucks along. They're still making them. Games are still coming out. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There are more announced Vita games than there are for any other platform. So um, whether or not half of them will make it to market remains to be seen. But sure. um, yeah, Vita's, Vita, I, I like that the 3000 announcement, even if it wasn't real in the end, sparked a new conversation about Vita. Yeah. With a lot of people and a lot of... Um, Shuhei saw it. He hears you, Tim. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Shuhei hears all. Thank you. But Shuhei. you know, the OLED screen, getting rid of the OLED screen and shrinking the system was was a was a was a necessity to get the cost down, and that's why I think that three thousand will, if this is not it, and it looks like it's not, that they will make a new iteration of it that makes it even cheaper. Yeah, um, that I think you'll see for sure. They keep, they, like I said, they kept redesigning the PSP. I'd imagine they redesign. Yeah, the Vita I mean, PSP thing. was murdering the P, the Vita, but sure, yeah, in terms of sales, um, it's not even close. It's like probably like seven to one lifetime sales. But so obviously they kept pushing the. They PSP need that out. destination PlayStation event like PSP had. But I think they read the tea leaves a little bit wrong with PSP too. When we discussed this in the past, PSP was a homebrew machine for a lot of people. They weren't buying games. So you know, I would say you're right. <laughs> I would say a half of PS the PS. I just, I'd straight up say half the PSPs that were sold were, were sold not to play PSP games. Um, that thing was so cracked wide the fuck open. That's why to this that, day my PSP, my OG day one PSP, is probably my favorite system of all time, just based on what it's done for me. I love that thing. I can play any game I fucking want on it. I can play PS1 games. I can play Super Nintendo, NES, Genesis, all the Game Boy. Holy shit. To their credit, though, Sony did shut down with firmware and PSP. A lot of the PSP stuff, you have to use old firmware, which you can. It's not a big deal. Um, but no one's cracked Vita. And that, and that and that's and that's pretty remarkable. That's another like, big issue I have with it. Like people, people, people have gotten close to cracking it. And all they, like Sony really did manufacture a, a, a handheld that is like seems to be uncrackable. If, like, they, if they uh, cracked uh, it, I would have got it. Or already. just nobody cares enough to try to No, crack they, people, can't, <laughs> people, people, people are trying. Care. They're people, trying people hard, trying for years. I keep up to date on that because the moment they crack it, that means I can buy Crash Bandicoot off the EU store and I'll be perfectly freaking happy. But until then. It's pretty – It's you know, that PSP's – the crackability of PSP was interesting to a lot of people, but it also held the PSP back, I think, from – like we couldn't get trophies on PSP, for yeah. instance, because mm-hmm. of it. So, hurt. It hurt uh, the ecosystem. Yeah, it, it, did, it did end up hurting like what PSP could have been. Like when they announced it, in, 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 they wanted to do trophies for PSP, and they're like, well, we can't because you can just break the fucking shit out of the, the hand. I was like, that sucks. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's almost good that the, it's almost good that the ecosystem is, is confined and contained and secure, at least right now. I'm sure someone maybe one day will break it when they stop updating it. Yeah. When they no longer make it anymore, they'll probably, you know. Then it'll be the machine Tim wants. Mm-hmm. Can only hope. All right, third topic of the day is actually. You know what? Let's do the last one. Let's get it out of the way. Then the fourth topic. We'll just have more fourth one more topic. sponsorship. The final Greg. integration. What Keeping is it, Greg? The show alive. Is it proflowers.com? Don't spoil it. All right, I'm pulling up the new ad. All right. Okay. It's booting up on the Kindle right here. Why are you booting it up on Kindle? Because that's where I open my PDFs. Is it? What? That's weird. There's so oh, much okay. happening. Right. It's Proflowers. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, go to Proflowers. 
<laughs> it's back. Ah. <laughs> we just had a pro flowers. How the hell that happened? So proflowers.com. If you click the little blue microphone in the top right corner and type in patron, that's P A T R O N, you will get a hundred blooms with a free glass vase for just nineteen ninety nine. And as you guys. You might know. I don't know if you're familiar with proflowers.com. I've never heard of it. Okay. Mm. Well, it's this website. We can buy flowers and send it to whoever you want around Even dead people? the world. Probably not. I don't think that's how what it works. What if you just knew there where you kept the You could send it to dead people. What if you knew where the bodies were? That's all. Well, I'm just saying what, for a wake or a funeral, I'm sure you can buy sure, flowers. Sure, but what about for like if I, if I hypothetically. Just stop, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if there's an address. I'm pretty sure you're good. It's a guaranteed delivery. <laughs> it's, an it's good. You can set the time you want it to be. It's all this, all this good stuff. And uh, you should do it for Mother's Day. It's great because you can just relax. With Pro Flowers, you got this. Mother's Day, done. Your mom's going to be happy if you send her a bunch of flowers. I know your mom, Alfredo. Can I send flowers as Tim Gettys? So now we go and we Ooh. redeem the codes, and we just use this to fuck with people. Uh -oh. I like where your head's at, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or send it to the local cemetery. Can we all? Can all of us make a pact right now to do this after the show and send them to Fran? Oh my God! Just send yeah, a bunch of flowers. Fran gets five deliveries of flowers at the same time. I love that. Space them out. It's like every half hour. <laughs> that's now, like something. That's news. like something Nick's would do. We got some breaking news, guys. We can make her day extra special by upgrading to a premium vase and add chocolates for just nine ninety nine. Oh, more. that's sold. <laughs> set so, a day, call her over, have the place smell like vanilla bean, and you're ooh, set. That's all you need. <laughs> Now, now here I like I said earlier, I have a plethora of proflowers.com stories, right? Mm. They didn't stop there. For the record, I didn't know this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just having <laughs> three sponsorships in a row. I can tell all my stories. So, um, the girl that I am currently dating now, when we first your girlfriend, my my girlfriend, when we first started our little minglings and stuff, I remember I went to her house and it was one of the the most awkward moment. There's a delivery at the door, and the guy opens it, and it was proflowers.com delivery from some other dude, and she was, like, so embarrassed by the whole thing, because she, had, she hadn't talked to this guy for, like, a month, but he, it was flowers who was just like, I mean, I'm putting people on blast right now, but it's just nameless people, so it doesn't matter, but he's all like... I hope, I hope he's a he Patreon, little, kind like, of funny She game. was like, she's like, read me the note. I'm like, you want me to read you the note? She's like, sure. So I read it, it's just like... Hey, like, I know you need space right now, but like, you know, if you want to talk, I'm here to talk. And it's just like, that is literally the opposite of giving your space. <laughs> You're sending your flowers. And now here's the thing. He sent the small basic version. Mm. You well, never, he's a basic bitch. You never, you never send the basic version of, of the flowers. You got to go deluxe. So that's an option. For like $9.99 more, you get chocolates and all this stuff. Come on. And all this. Step it up. Step it up. You right there, buddy? I'm trying to blink out stuff in my eyes. This does this is this does not reflect poorly on pro flowers. That's a, that's a that really you really do have a face only a mother can love. Dude. Oh, that's so bad! I'm gonna get it out of my eye. It's like a fish out of water trying to gasp for air. I don't yeah. know. Oh my god. Anyways, guys, proflowers.com. You should go use the promo code patron, P A T R O N. And just remember, if you're trying to impress a girl and you're trying to, like, if she needs space, but you don't want her to have space, which you should just, you know, do what she wants if she wants space. But if you're trying to make a good impression, you always go to Lux, guys. Come on. You gotta go to Lux. This is Amateur Hour? Hillbilly Deluxe. Mm. It's the only song. Way. It's the only way. All right. Third topic of the day Journey. Yeah. It's a video game, it's also a band. But the video game is what we're talking about today. But the music. 
of the video game. It's getting a vinyl. All right, yeah. Special edition little vinyl release for Journey. Beautiful art prints. They're like art records, so you get two of them. They're art records. What are they called? Vinyl. They're records. Yeah, but it's like the the one they have art, like art art discs. I don't. I don't know. There's some specific name for it. I I don't really know what it is. But hold on one sec. Hey, Dad. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm hosting a show right now. Can I call you back? Yeah, I'll give you a call back in a little bit. Bye. I don't talk to my father a lot. Uh-huh. Your dad's got that Midwestern accent. Hardcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. I've never talked to your dad before. So th- there's art prints on the vinyls themselves, right? right? And there's four different ones because it's their side A, side B. Yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, each yeah right. So there's four different uh, pieces of art. All of them are the, the traveler with the, the scarf going around. Sure. So when you... Which Nick Scarpino thought was bacon, by the way. We went and played Super Time Force Ultra at a PlayStation event. And he's like, he, the traveler's running around. He's like, why is bacon floating around this guy? And I'm like, there are pieces of fabric. There's a scarf. It's a long story. It, it's a whole thing. Anyway, so when it when it spins on the vinyl, it looks really pretty. Because yeah. then you see the scarf going around and stuff like that. Sure. Have you ever seen the picture discs on the vinyl spin? I don't think so, no. Oh, it's really cool looking. I like it a lot. Do you collect vinyl? I, Do you use vinyl? I have a lot of vinyl, okay. yes. I get the vinyl to listen to it, not to look at it. But you listen and look at it. It's part of the experience. Oh, I listen to music. I don't look at music. <laughs> Colin, you need to suck <laughs> it up. <laughs> anyway, this is really exciting to me because first off, I love Journey. Second off, I love vinyl. Third off, I like collecting physical goods. Sure. Fourth off, I'm a big fan of video game music in general. Mm. So the topic here is video game soundtracks. Sure. What are your favorites? What are the best? Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Peace Walker. It was a really, really? good one. You go with yeah. Peace Walker. I tried to import it and I, I failed because I was poor, I think, at the time. See, I have, I'm a connoisseur yes. when it comes to this video game music thing. French. I own many of the uh, many video game soundtracks and like orchestrated versions and live versions of all the shit and stuff like that. I have an issue when the sound quality isn't good. Mm. When like the the samples they use are like really like just weird MIDI things and all that stuff. And Peace Walker is one of those examples where it's like a lot of it, like some of it was actually orchestrated, but the majority of it was like just weird electronic sounding shit. Which was like a step back after MGS two and three and four. Yeah, songs. Have it your way. Yeah. Like Burger King, I yeah. liked it. That's what I'm saying. What? What do you even? Say? I don't even understand what he means. <laughs> <laughs> was that a McDonald's thing with "I'm loving it"? No, have it your way. Yeah, and then you just said I, I liked, liked it. it. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was pretty clear. <laughs> Oof, man. Uh, <laughs> I recently played through the Uncharted series. Ah. That soundtrack is amazing. But there's only one soundtrack that matters. I'm going to take you for a ride. Do, 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 do. Marvel vs. Capcom 2? Yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 had a dope-ass soundtrack. You listen to that forever. That song sucks. Yeah. That's so <laughs> song is when I kill myself. <laughs> I love that soundtrack so much because there's so many games that came out in the 90s that just had this weird feel to them where it's like what the fuck were they thinking like the entire they're like alright Marvel vs. Capcom 2 we got all these Marvel characters we got all these Capcom characters what should they fight to this like, weird electronic jazz stuff yeah it was like jazzy music I'm like what? okay <laughs> all the songs are just like this hodgepodge of just <laughs> noise <laughs> and it's on loop always why why Colin I don't know because you can't fight the silence it'll be boring that's true. Uh, I think that uh, typically older game soundtracks are better because I think that um, it's not necessarily even chip tunes, not so not necessarily only midis. I think you even make an argument for PS One or PS Two games. It's that 
game soundtracks sounded a specific way. They sound like video games. Games today sound like movies or TV shows. So like I don't, they don't catch my ear that much. Like Uncharted soundtrack, I don't even know a fucking single song on Uncharted. And I and oh well, yeah, the, the, the theme song. But that's not, I don't think that's like an extraordinarily good song or anything like that. In my opinion. And I have the pla- and I have the platinum trophy in all three of those games. So I, I'm very intimately familiar with Uncharted. What about this one? Boom. But that was more uncharted. Just drums. Oh, and okay. Shit. I don't. I don't. Then there's I don't a know. Vuvuzela. In there. <laughs> <laughs> they went to the soccer game. Uh, somebody shakes him. Around. They went to the soccer game. <laughs> uh, Didgeridoo. But when you think about like you know Mega Man or Castlevania or Mario or whatever, like those are iconic because they, especially Cap- the Capcom NES games um, and the Konami NES games are iconic because they sound like video games. Those guys were pioneering something that we had never heard before. Sure. So it's not like shoehorning classical music or or a more stoic soundtrack into something. It's like this is a game with mm-hmm. game music and that was awesome. Well, you what's know? really cool too about those about the older eras is that they were so limited with what they could do. Like on NES, you could never have more than 3 sounds going at once. So it's like if you had like layers of of instruments and all this shit, it could never be playing more than 3 instruments. So that's why most of the games there's just Baseline, rhythm line, melody, and that's it. And that's why there's this feel to it that's very unique because of the limitations of it, and that be, may, that forced forced them to be more creative with what they were doing and kind of come up with these like um, melodies that just get ingrained in the experience of what you're doing. Like Wily's Castle in Mega Man Two is just like that will forever. Anytime you hear even like two notes of that, you instantly know where you are. You know, Castlevania. It, and Metroid, like holy shit, Metroid, like that is one of the most sparse soundtracks ever. But it like perfectly explained where you were and like gave the the whole atmosphere a feeling. Well, yeah, I mean, to the original Metroid, especially um, like NES Metroid, the opening soundtrack, like when you're at the start screen, is awesome because it's just like it's just chimes. And then the whole I have a cold, so I'm probably not gonna be able to go too high with it. But the and it's like all like that's like classic. You know, like, and that's just tones. That's not even the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was, it's funny because when you get, what's so cool, and Greg and I explored this a little bit when we did the Mega Man playthroughs, and he was with me, is like, the m- music towards the end of the NES era was fucking crazy complicated. And like, I don't know like how they did it and like what they learned, but if you listen to like the original Mega Man music, which is good, to Mega Man 6, which is like orchestral by MIDI, by MIDI standards, it's the same hardware. Um, and there were games that needed better music on the NES and and, uh, and on the Famicom. Castlevania Three in in Japan on Famicom had a special music chip in it that let it play music way more advanced than mm-hmm. it should have been able to play. Um, and that's why it's one of the great soundtracks of all time. I think Castlevania Three specifically. Um, but when you, even when you get to like PS One, Final Fantasy Seven soundtrack, for instance, this is iconic. But again, this was a fusion of like better sound quality. We weren't doing midis anymore. These were real songs. These were real orchestras playing some of these songs. Um, but they still sounded like game music. That was like what was so cool about it. That's why when you have a game like Shovel Knight, um, that that soundtrack's awesome because it sounds like an old Capcom soundtrack. It was music isn't unique to games. It was the way music was employed in games that was unique. Yeah, and that and that is that has been lost. Um, unfortunately, I think unless you're trying to go for an intentionally retro style game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's crazy too. Yeah. Is like you know people hear chiptune stuff and they're just like, oh, it's retro, and it's like that's not true though. Like there is so much styles within all of that where sure. it's like you can make a if you hear something you're like, oh, that's Mega Man. Even if it wasn't a Mega Man thing, like th- that's influenced by Mega Man. That's Castlevania. That's 
I mean, Mario even is just like Mario yeah, Mario's very feel to it, Mario's you know? very airy and and loose um, when you hear those songs. And they're great, and, and it, all it is is they're just chip tunes. They're just modern day original chip tune songs, but they they have their roots in these different styles that are based on games. And I, I just think that's like really interesting and cool. And like you bring up Final Fantasy, I feel like when you talk about game soundtracks, like Final Fantasy is probably the the most obvious answer. And uh, I mean, it's arguably the best when you look at as a franchise as a whole so many games that it, it whether it was chiptunes or full orchestra things or orchestrated versions of old chiptune songs it still works and like nobu umatsu did some amazing work and whether it's final fantasy 7 6 8 9 all of them have like yeah, amazing four, soundtracks. 4 and 6 and 7 i think are the are the king 4 maybe especially like it's funny when you think about final fantasy's iconic nature um Someone, you know, you know, um, at some point musicians sat down to try to like, obviously we have a composer, but a lot of musicians probably worked on a lot of these soundtracks. And at some point someone sat, sat down at a keyboard, a square, and was like, and played four notes. It was like, and I was like, you know, it's like, nailed it. And like, they didn't realize like what they just did, you know, and like how that would insert your brain, like Wiley's Castle or something like that, or the Mario tune. But I want to give a shout out to some newer music. I think Mario Galaxy had a really awesome music. And I, and I think that um, that, again, was a really improper fusion by the standards of 2007 of putting old school styles with or totally orchestral, orchestral music. The last stage when you're fighting Bowser, that music's fucking awesome. Well, the thing about Mario Galaxy that was crazy was that was one of the first times uh, any company really was like, fuck it, we're doing it's full orchestra. Like, we're going to actually use real orchestras to do the entire soundtrack, not just a song or two. Um, cause like you were saying, like Final Fantasy seven, like that was just samples that wasn't actually orchestrated. Um, it wasn't until like even Final Fantasy 10 was like weird bullshit MIDI stuff. Like it wasn't actual orchestra. There was like a handful of songs that were, um, but Mario galaxy, like all the songs were either orchestrated or they were like the, like the Mario three remix and stuff like that were obviously electronic, but, um, that was such a unique thing for Nintendo to do. And it started with a Star Fox assault on GameCube which was their experiment. And that was awesome because that took the game to the next level where it's like, yeah, it was a shitty game, whatever. But like the fucking soundtrack was awesome. And that was them dabbling in, let's do a fully orchestrated thing to really make this feel more like Star Wars, like a movie. And it totally worked. And I think we saw that in Mario Galaxy when it's like, that's what made Mario Galaxy feel so grand. Like the gameplay was amazing. The look, the feel, the world, all that stuff. But it's like, I think the music made it feel out of this world. Um, but, like, really, though, it, it, it gave it that, like, holy oh, shit, great. epic feeling of, like, this is a real thing. Yeah, it's one of the few gaming soundtracks I actually got because I was, I was really into it. I don't know. I, 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 it's funny because when we talk about movie soundtracks, we typically, not always, but typically talk about movie soundtracks in the way of, like, well, what songs are on there and what artists are on there and stuff like that. You think about, like, famous soundtracks even from when we were kids, like Romeo and Juliet and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't about the native music. It was about who you can get, you know, mm -hmm. so it was, like, it was a big deal, you know, when they got all these bands or whatever. It's not to say that there aren't guys like John Williams making their own orchestral music for movies, because obviously they are, and some of the most iconic music of all time, with Star Wars being in the zeitgeist right now, is, is, is John Williams' work, but we just... Gaming music is just unique because it's it's actually while we have like the soundtrack kind of mentality in movies, that's the exception to the rule in games, which is what's so fun. So like when we play a game like Crazy Taxi or something like that, or Tony Hawk, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that 
that was movie style soundtracks. Yeah. But typically, we get more native music, and I think that that's like what's so exciting about it. Mm-hmm. I just wish that it would be a little truer to itself because I do feel like with the fusion of movies and mu- uh, with movies and games, that music is losing its soul a little bit, which is why I don't really. I can play most games today on mute. I don't give a fuck. You know, like I would never, ever, ever, ever play Castlevania on mute ever. You know what I mean? Like, but I can play Uncharted on mute. I don't care. You know, it's like it's like You're crazy. I, I don't know about that. I mean, the thing is, there's I a listen to shit between, all the time on like when I'm playing games now. I would never do that when I was a kid. There's a difference between soundtracks and scores. You know, like the movies would have their the soundtracks with all the licensed stuff, but there still would be a score that somebody made um, that gives it that the the feeling. Even like something like Fast and Furious, it's all licensed stuff, but like there is still a score that like like plays throughout it. Um, but like things like Uncharted and stuff, like I feel like the music because it is more of a movie experience. Like it is necessary. Like and like the characters have themes and like all that stuff and like it builds the emotional goal that the game is trying to get out. Sure, of but that's not what I rem- when I play Uncharted. That's not what I th- like. When I think about the five best things Uncharted does, I don't think about the music. I think about the voice acting. Um, I think about the writing. I think about the gameplay and the environments and the ex- exploration, storytelling. Isn't that because music gets? It's just easy to forget about. Like it's it's if it's it's when it's done poorly that you really notice it. You know what I mean? Like and then like we're talking about like Crazy Taxi and Offspring or even the Final Fantasy noise or these things that are driven in over and over and over again. But when I s- stop and I think back to an Uncharted and how playing through that without music would sound, it would sound weird. But I don't think when I'm playing it, how great this sounds. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, because it fits. Maybe that's the thing. But again, like. I remember the music of those classic games. I remember that's one of the best things about those games. And I, I don't, I, I wouldn't pick out many games today where I'm like the one of the best things about the sure. game is the music. Like I, I don't, you know, like that's that's not. Maybe it's not what I'm looking for anymore. But I also don't feel like the music says in your fucking face anymore either. Maybe it doesn't have to be. I mean, the music was always playing when you play a game like I don't know. Even like one of the great games of NES with soundtracks is Journey to Silius. Sunsoft's games like Batman and Fester's Quest and stuff like they had some good music in them but Journey to Silius was fucking a masterpiece of mm-hmm. sound, a soundtrack and that was supposed to be a Terminator game but uh, they lost the license and that's an awesome game and I remember that playing that game for the first time being like this game's fun and it's side-scrolling and it's hard but that fucking music's killer you know mm-hmm. and I don't really hear it anymore. That's why when you play a game like Shovel Knight I'm like oh th- the music's in your face again and this is the way it is and it's always playing and I don't know. It's just I think the games have just changed and moved away from the importance necessarily of the I don't want to say the audio fidelity because it's important with sound, it's important uh, with voice acting, but I think music might be waning somewhat in importance. Yes, yeah, see, I don't I could never agree with that. Like I love the old stuff so 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 much, like, just as much as you do. Like it's so important to me, and like we we are those weirdos that would listen to just eight bit music just because we we're into it and we like it. Um, but I mean, there's so many modern games like Halo. We haven't even talked about Halo, and it's like that soundtrack is amazing, and that is one of the I would say best things about the game. It it really ties it all together, and it's like it's very unique in what it is. Like it's when you hear that, you know it's Halo. In the same way that you can hear a couple notes of Doctor Wily, if you hear that choir, you're like, oh, Halo. Yep. You know, and it's like when they Halo and Metal Gear are two examples of this, <clears> where it's like they have these iconic themes, and even when the themes go away. And there's just other music that's kind of inspired by those themes, like with Halo 4 or with Metal Gear, Peace Walker, and all that stuff. It's like, there's still, you feel the growth, and you feel the, like, where it came from. It might not be the exact same theme that you know and love, but it's still, the music grew just with the game and all that stuff. I don't know, I'm very big fan of so many different game soundtracks, and I feel like I've bought soundtracks of a shit ton of games that I've never even played, mm. just because I'm, like, I think so do you awesome. listen to them for leisure? 
Yeah. Like I buy them. I, what, what I always end up doing is like, oh, I love, like I, I have Uncharted from like the collector's edition or whatever from that giant case, right? I have that and I put it on my phone and then it would pop up on my phone and I would just skip it every time because that's oh, just right. not what I want out of music usually. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I finally deleted it. I'm like, I like Uncharted. I think the music's great, but I just, I don't sit around and be like, yeah, I can go for the score right now. Yeah. See, I, I like listening to scores a lot yeah. and I feel like th- there's a lot of specific things that um I really enjoy. There's a, a series of CDs called Distant Worlds, which is a concert that um, a Final Fantasy concert and it's just a bunch of different Final Fantasy music orchestrated they're on the third CD now I love those I love listening to them all the time um, most games will just take bits and like take usually just the themes and stuff from yeah. uh, like Uncharted is one of those where there's not too many songs that I'm like in love with but I love the theme and uh, Smashing Live which was like they take it was all the Smash Bros songs like, so it's just like a Nintendo medley if we're gonna talk best soundtrack, Smash Bros. wins because it's just like all the iconic yeah. Nintendo songs in one thing and Final Destination, and uh, it's just all those songs live, and that's fucking awesome. That's great. And I listen to that shit okay. probably too much. I just think the design aesthetic of games, I don't know, almost has demonstrably moved away from the importance of music. I mean, I'm just because I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, when do you think the last point where it matter was? What, what Zelda sixty four? Like, I mean, no, I mean even later than that. But I, I think it still matters. Like Galaxy, I think it mattered. Because Nintendo just knew what they were doing with that game. That game's brilliant. But I think generally, when you think, think about a game, right? Like, think about a shooter. And you're moving from point A to point B on the map, and there's a lot of ambient sound. And there's a the sound of gunfire and all that stuff, but there's no music. There might be a flourish or a crescendo here and there as you turn a corner to a beautiful vista or something like that, but it's not there anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and that, and like that, like, games would have been sterile back in the day without music at all times because. Yeah. Like, Mega Man, if you were to play Mega Man in, like, in 2015, it would be, like, a huge open-world game, probably, and all that kind of stuff. But Mega Man was just a side-scroller, and it had no fucking context. So, like, yeah. the music was almost a piece of It was, the like, context. half of it. Yeah. yeah, so, like, and it was important, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, like, so when I think about games, like, it's easier for me to think about the games where the music really did matter, like Catherine, um, where, like, it really affected me, as opposed to the games where I'm, like, I don't really, I don't remember a fucking single song out of some of these games I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... Mm-hmm. It's but just I think, like, that's, I, that's I think the I'm difference, just in them though. for different reasons. Like, like that's the difference between like what you're saying does not um, work with Halo. Like, there's music very well timed with all the cues of all the things you're doing, and it's like it is part of the experience is the music. But then you play games like Resistance, where it's like, what the fuck's the Resistance theme? You know what I mean? I don't know. I have no idea. Or Killzone or whatever it is. And like, I just feel like... Or Call of Duty. Or like, Call of Duty, like, they always have these great intro music and these these montages and the... Yeah. The the kind of... trailers. Yeah, like, like when you play the game, like, I played almost every Call of Duty game as you have, and I'm like, I don't remember any of the fucking songs. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure if there's songs playing. You know, like, that's like, that's how, like, and I'm like, I don't know if I really care. I don't think there is, no. That's like, I guess that's what I'm saying is like, my mentality as a gamer has changed a lot where the expectation was like, this must have good music back in the day and now my expectation is like ah, it's like not even really that important it's yeah. it's the way I feel like graphics almost where I'm like I don't even care where the way the game looks is it fun you know like sure mm. so I don't know it's interesting to hear different points of views about it um, but I agree that like it would be really hard you'd be hard pressed to beat Nintendo at the soundtrack game and I think you'd be except for maybe Square and you'd be hard pressed to beat the old games over the new games I think with maybe some exceptions like Halo mm-hmm. um, and you guys seem to like Uncharted although with the exception of the intro see I can't think of one song other than the, 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 the title well, screen dies it's like, and then the Nathan Drake dies. Snake. That's no. what I remember. It's like, it's, it's, like, it's like Snake. I can actually hear the Metal Gear song, like that little. Yeah, like that, like that, like I can hear. Yeah, a little. Because Metal Gear looks like a jingle. It's like Cars for Kids. It's a jingle. Yeah. All right. Final topic for the day, guys. Stop.
You no. have no more ads. Okay. But we do need to thank our patrons. Oh, thank you, patrons. We slept you guys on. Are good. We we're doing two months here because mm. we slept on the first because of GDC packs, everything else. That's so crazy. Thanks for, uh, thanks for all your support. So dollars. they're scrolling along. They they're are doing their thing. They're don't, they're it's way. not that violent. I think they're coming this way. Actually, they go up and down. You've never watched the show, have you? Never. Jesus Not once. Christ. All right. So every week we tweet out. We ask you guys to give us your topics and we'll discuss them. We got a, we got a bunch of them today. I'm, I'm pretty excited about these. The first one is. Who do they tweet at? They tweet they, at. You. They tweet at, you a lot. They tweet at me. They tweet at kind of funny vids. All right. Just trying to get, anybody, trying to get them really. involved. Some kid's watching right now. He knows what's up, dude. Driving his mom he to knows. a doctor's appointment. She's got a fucking thing on her foot. Nobody's. We're kind of scared. That's going to be okay. Don't worry, mom. Damn. <laughs> All right. At Martin Swagger says Swagger. screen looking and other forms of gamesmanship slash cheating. Yeah. What's okay and what isn't? Is there a time and place for it? Uh, multiplayer. I'm, cheating is never acceptable in multiplayer. <laughs> Alfredo takes shit. Hell is serious. Which is not. Like, if you're. If it gets to the point where it affects not only your experience, but the experience of others, that's, I don't think that's acceptable. Yeah. I mean, so you're, are you talking just competitive multiplayer? No, just multiplayer in general. Like, if, if you, like, if doesn't have to be competitive. Like, if you're doing something that is is hindering everyone's experience, and that's not right. Mm-hmm. Don't be a screen cheat, unless you're playing screen cheat, which is a game where you have to cheat to look at the screens, which it's, is a great idea. That is a great. Have you idea. seen this game? I have seen it. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, it out yeah. yet? No, well, or is it, it like the in, console releases aren't out yet for sure? It might be out on PC. Screenshot everybody. We should check that out. Okay, we should do a let's play on it. Well, they wanted to come fun. through and do one with us, but I forget why we couldn't do it. Because I'm into that. Okay, that sounds like a fun idea. I'm all about looking at people's screens. Because you're a schemer, you're a horrible person. Yeah, you're the worst. Uh huh. That's what I do. But I mean, it's like fun. the problem is, like you, I mean, you can get good at it for sure, but you know, talent will still win out in the end. Oh, yeah. If you're taking your, oh, that does. second to try to look yep. over and see what Fredo's doing, it doesn't matter. Fredo's going to still be on top of you in no time. Or Colin's going to run up and shoot you as well. That yeah. was always the thing with Goldeneye. When you got Goldeneye, that, there was that in the camping, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're looking at a corner or whatever, and like you knew somebody was like in the facilities chilling, waiting. Like You know what I mean? Like Then you had to look at somebody's screens. Somebody's just looking in a stall. You're like, all right, you're, what are you doing? Where are you? Mm-hmm. I have like, to just deal with it every day in the form of uh, – it's called stream sniping. When people just like – like when I – I go back to this all the time because I play this a lot right now, but like H1Z1, right? Where it's just like last 10 people left. Sometimes people are just like, you know, watching the stream, trying to see where I'm at in this. Shut like, up. Yeah. Because you're trying to like, all the time. even That's though there's a delay, hilarious. there's a delay in the stream, but you're still, you could still be trying to like hole up. Yeah. But you're right? still holding up that, at that place wow. for like, you know, maybe like a couple minutes. Yeah. There's a lot of times like there's a big open lobby. And everyone's talking. There's a lot of time I like go to a corner and like someone be running through town like Alfredo, Alfredo. And I'm like, the, I'm like, yeah. So, man, yeah, that's insane. I don't, I don't know about the internet changes things. It does. It because really then, does. if you're cheating on the internet, I feel like that's just not okay. Because like, you're not local with the multiplayer person. cheating. Yeah, you're I fine think with? I think that's the thing. Is like if I like looking at people's screens, if it's obvious everyone's looking at people's screens. Like, well, yeah, back in the if day, they have everyone's consent. Stuff. Yeah, and it's I I like to just play the not even consent, just like play the game differently. No matter what, you can't trust your friends. <laughs> your friends are assholes. They're true, looking at your true, screen. True. Oh, I'm not looking at your screen. Bullshit. Yeah, you are. You know you're looking at the screen. That's all you do. So it's like I remember back when you used to play Halo split screen. I would make sure that I knew where I was. And I'd just look down, walk on the grass and stuff. So all the motherfuckers looking at me, you wouldn't know where I am. Right. I would do that. Or when I did 1v1s versus my younger brother, we just put a cardboard box right in the middle. Oh, what yeah. Is that that's too? a big one. Yeah. That's a big, you can't see. Yeah. Just hide. We used to yeah. do, when we played Superman 64 multiplayer, 
I would go park in a car. The, the game, because the multiplayer was so bad, of course. Yeah. The levels were so poorly designed, just like the rest of the game is. One of us would always go and park, and it would just be hide-and-seek, because you had to go find it. Because you would just turn your character and like drive Brainiac's ship up against a purple wall. And so then you just ran around, the, you're flying around the level trying to find it. It was a very bad game. Yeah, I think I think multiplayer is not acceptable. I think I would. I think. Well, yeah, why do you keep saying multi? Like, what? How are you cheating in single player? You're just talking about like using codes. No, I mean like, you, yeah, you just can't get past a part and using codes to, to beat it. It's like that's you're hurting yourself. Who cares? You exactly. Know what I mean? Yeah, that, that, that I don't care about. Yourself. Do whatever you want. It's 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 back to the whole drug argument. If you're using dr- drugs, legalize all the drugs. You're just hurting yourself. You want to screw yourself up? Big deal. Yeah. But don't ruin it for the people. Then the multiplayer comes into it. No one can mm-hmm. do drugs. All right. Snaking. Don't At snake. Bizzle1096 wants us to talk about Battlefront with a lot of exclamation marks. All right. Yeah. Battlefront's so, coming. It is coming. I don't know how I feel about it. Have we seen gameplay? We have not seen gameplay. No. The game, the Dude. trailer looks beautiful. I think you're going to be sadly mistaken if you think the game looks like that. Yep. Um, but it's an engine. No space battle. Yeah. Meh. I'm okay with that. What? I mean, that'll come eventually. I mean, that'll be the next one. Mm. I would rather them focus on making it really good with all the online on the ground. Like, atmosphere shit. Yeah. You know? Because it's like, once it gets, like, too grand, it's just, like, somewhere has to not be as good because there's not enough attention being brought yeah. to it. If they so, nail this and next time nail that, that'll be fine. Yeah. So, I does anybody, like, who played the other Battlefronts? Any of us? Like, yeah. I played a little bit. Super I mean, I played PSP just when a little I reviewed bit. it yeah. and stuff, and I enjoyed it fine, but it's just, like... I had actually forgotten a lot of what Battlefront was until we were interviewing Chloe for kind of mm. funny games and stuff and talking to her. I was like, oh, right, that's how this works. And, oh, yeah, da, da, da. And it's just like, that's cool, and it looks like it's going to be really pretty. I don't know if I care. I don't know if I care about a 20v20 no, battle, but I'm not care. a multiplayer guy. Like, that's yeah. well-versed. I mean, you are. Are you excited? Are you going to I'll pick play? it up. I'll play it yeah. for how long? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really upset there's no campaign. I mean, I think that. It's not surprising. It's not surprising, but I wanted it. I definitely, I would have played through that campaign. That would have been a game that I'm like, I'm definitely gonna, I want this experience, and they stole it from me. Considering who's making it and yeah, it makes the nature. Sense. I think that's, I think that's the biggest reason why you should be very skeptical of Battlefront. I know some people are, are mad at me for saying that, but Dice, Dice fucked up an entire like you know a fucking entire online game. It wasn't that long ago, and uh, this game is going to be contingent on online, and this game is going to get slammed way way harder on the server load than than Battlefront yeah, on Battlefield definitely. Four. So. Um, oh, Battlefield. Yeah, so, like, there's every reason to be, in my opinion, to be totally skeptical of this game. Um, we'll see, like, how it, you know, I'm skeptical. Developers have put me in such a way now that I'm just skeptical about everything. Mm-hmm. You know? and, that's, and that's a healthy way to be. It's just, like, nothing works. So, nothing's as good as it seems. Nothing works right. Except Nintendo. You know, we had, like, even the single-player games, like, we had The Order. The Order was, like, such a fucking huge disappointment. It's not that we didn't see it coming. It's just, like, this is it. Like, this is it. Yeah. This is the game. You know? Like, all right. It's so it's, it's good to be it's good to be skeptical and I, I think I'm very skeptical about from at JLY 1987 asks do Star Ocean 5 Xenoblade Chronicles X and Persona 5 bring hope for JRPGs to come back or is it a fluke Colin I was surprised to see Triace making a game because there was rumors not too long ago that Triace was going to get shut down so Triace is working on Star Ocean 5 so they're alive and well um, no I, I don't think any of those games matter to a broader audience except for Persona. Um, Xenoblade is doing its thing and it's great and people are enjoying it. It just came out on three, the new 3DS, um, which is a port, I think, of the Wii game. Yeah. And they're making, you know, they'll make a new one um, and people really like that. Monolith well, does those, right? Yeah, this is the new one. X. Oh, X, Wii okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, Monolith is, is working on that, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Persona obviously is going to be a huge game. I've, I've said before, Persona will, five will sell millions of copies. Um, 
And Star Ocean is a niche game. I, I think Star Ocean will do fine. Star Ocean's a good sign that Square Enix specifically is understanding more of what's going on. I think um, they're showing signs, glimmers of hope. Even Final Fantasy VII's re-release on PS4, which a lot of people are disappointed in because it's not like really touched up or anything like that, it's is bullshit. a sign that at least they're listening. So dumb. Um, but with between Bravely um, Second and um, and Bravely Default, obviously, and then Star Ocean, um, they're getting back to their roots a little bit, which I think is a positive thing for role-playing gamers because I've gotten, you know, some people are mad at me out there about what I say about JRPGs, but let's be honest. I mean, JRPGs largely are fucking terrible today. And I don't, like... Metacritic, like I'm not a huge Metacritic fan, but just go to Metacritic and look at the scores some of these games are getting. Like, like literally like 25, 30, 35. Like some of these games are just trash, you know. And Star Ocean's not going to be trash, and Persona's not going to be trash, and Bravely's not going to be trash. And finally, like we're getting away from these compile heart fucking garbage, gar- like just fucking garbage, you know. Like mm-hmm. like just Nino almost two. Yeah, and there's rumors of Nino Kuni two being in development at level five, which Nino is fucking awesome. Nino Tuni, there you go. Ah. So, like, there's there's definitely hope. I don't think those games hearken necessarily to a better time in role-playing games, but I think that um, things are getting better because mm-hmm. it's been real dark, like, real dark for a while since for... Has it been real dark? Or, and I, I and I asked this, you know, having a cursory knowledge of JRPGs, only the Persona series really ever catching me and, and you know, capturing my attention for too long. But isn't it, is that there's just, yeah, there's more bad ones, but there's still great ones. In yeah, there, there are great there. ones. It's just, I think that the exception to the rule was that were the bad ones back in the day. And I don't think that that's rose-tinted glasses. I've said it before, like, for every Beyond the Beyond or Saga Frontier, where, like, some of the bad games that came out, there were there were a lot of really great Japanese role-playing games. During the SNES and PlayStation eras, they were constant. They were incessant. Like, every few weeks, like, it seemed like one would come out. Every month, every month and a half. I mean, they were coming out constantly. Now you, like, the big guys and the little guys are disappointing everyone. Mm-hmm. And, or a lot of people. And so it seems like every, everything's kind of starting to get back on track. I think Nino Kuni was the canary in the coal mine that that things might get better because mm-hmm. Nino Kuni was just extraordinary. Nino Kuni is the best Japanese role playing game that I played. Oh, in 10 drippy years. nose. Yeah, you know, so um, that game understood it. That game nailed it, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see Star Ocean come back. Trice is going to get another chance to make a game, and that's a positive. Good. At Nico Fugslang says, "Are you excited for Lego Dimensions? What franchises do you want to see in it? Should Activision and Disney be worried? Am I excited? Yes. Am I going to play it? No." What franchises do you want in it? Ninja Turtles, Disney Princesses. Disney Princesses, you're not they're, gonna get. They're a Lego thing. Yeah, but well, I guess. But I mean, like, what about Disney Infinity? Yeah, are they Disney's gonna, are gonna, gonna, are gonna, gonna double gonna, down on that? No, there's no way they'll do that. Mm. That's they the whole point, right? Yeah, they it. want they want you they want you the Frozen mm. fan, creepy fan, to go buy the Frozen figures and put them out there. <laughs> Am I interested in it? My initial answer was no. I don't. These toy games, no, thank you. I like the Lego games as they are. I buy a disc or a digital thing, and then I'm in the world and I have the toys there. The, and then I said. When, if they ever make a Superman or Ghostbusters, then I'd have to buy it. And people were like, they tease Ghostbusters at the end of the trailer. And then I was like, well, I'm going to buy this then. If they put that out at launch, then yeah, I'll be a part of that to play that and have mm-hmm. that. Um, it's interesting. I think it's it's really going to boil down to are they appealing to a different audience with it, right? Like, should Disney and Activision be scared? No. No. Uh, Skylanders is like an original IP. You know what I mean? It's just run rampant. You know what I mean? It has its hooks and everything. Disney's playing catch-up. Lego's playing catch-up too. But Lego's playing catch-up in a way that I think this game might appeal to people who weren't into Disney Infinity or it, right? Like, I, there are so many people who love Legos now, buy Legos, have the Lego sets everywhere, that when, yeah, you're putting out more Lego stuff, and it's even if it's going to be like Amiibos, where you're buying the Ghostbusters and, you know, Lego guys that are on their stands to put down your desk to never play the game, that's money. They don't care. Yeah. that's. I think, I think that it's going to get me to play it more than I don't care about Skylanders. Disney Infinity, I have and tried out when we got, when we went out on our own, they sent me a copy. And it was like, okay, this is fun, but it's not like, 
enough for me to be invested in and love it but as much as I love Lego games if you give me Ghostbusters and then you give me Superman and then you give me and there's all these little breadcrumbs that keep me buying and keep me playing then yeah mm-hmm. sure yeah alright at Mary Rums says Mary is Rums Mary Rums is it uh, fair to consumers when DLC for a game is announced before the game is even released? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely fair. I, I hate so. this fucking argument. I hate it when people forgot about day one DLC. I love day one DLC. I love the fact that I have a game, and if I enjoy this game, if I enjoy the first however many hours of it, I know there's already more content. You know what I mean? Like Valkyria Chronicles 2, when they were like, we're going to give you more missions every week, and like Freedom Wars, we're going to give you content every week and weapons and stuff. I was like, yes, great. Mm-hmm. I love the promise of support. I get it from the business side of it that, it's a hook to make sure you don't go trade the game in. Yeah. But I also love it that you just are guaranteed that much support. How many games have there been that I do love? And I would be like, man, if you would just put out more stuff, I'd love to buy and play it. But you don't know if that'll ever happen. Or you get it forever and ever and ever later, right? Like yeah. Batman Arkham City was great about that. Of like, hey, Arkham City's coming out. And there's going to be this Harley Quinn. Or I think they just said at the beginning, there's going to be story DLC that will come mm-hmm. out. Not just challenge rooms like Asylum, which I yeah. didn't care about and I didn't buy. But when you promised me stories, I was like, well, yeah, I'm totally in. I want to hold on to this forever. I mean, I think the big argument is just like, oh, well, why didn't you just include it in the game to begin with? Like, why are you doing that? And I feel like when it is situations where that is true, then it's like, yeah, then it's bad. But for things like that where it's like, yeah, it is story, but it's side story. It's not part of the story. If they're holding back the story, that's an issue. It's not the reboot Prince of Persia. Yeah. Where you have to buy the real ending and stuff. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. bullshit, obviously. And there's, there's there are the handful of examples like that. But when we're talking about like an evolved character skin or something yeah. like that, it's like get over evolve it. Evolve was cares? a little out of control. I, I was going to use that exa- that game as an example of totally out of control DLC. But generally, I you know I have no problem with it. It shows somewhat a fundamental misunderstanding or lack of understanding or ignorance of how games are made when people say why isn't just in the re- re- real game? It's like what the fuck are you talking about? Like that that not it's not like they like had a a blueprint and we're like oh we're gonna now shave this half of the game off and make it DLC like that's not the way it works. A lot of times. You know, Greg and I have talked about in the past when a game goes gold earlier, they're insert and there's just time to waste. That's when a lot of DLC is made for like quite a few games. Um, and you know, I remember people freaking out about Mass Effect Three specifically have, having day one DLC, and my whole argument was just like, "Listen, dudes, like no one's holding a gun to your head making you buy this game, and no one's holding a gun to your head making you buy that DLC. The reason they put that DLC out is because people want more Mass Effect, and there's yep. and, and and there's an assumption being made that the, that it could have or should have or would have been in the original game if not for the day one DLC drive. It's just it just shows a lack of understanding of the way games are developed. I think it's not to say that some people, some companies, and some developers don't shave off portions of their game or portions of the plan to be like, well, we can release this later. The game's already big enough as it is. But it is to say that we can't judge things on the metric of how much can we shove more content, more content, more content. More content doesn't make a better game. Right. You know, like, I think people need, like, I'd rather play a tight five-hour game than a fucking laborious 20-hour game any day of the week. And if you give me that tight five-hour game on a disc and you make me pay for the laborious bullshit that I don't want to play anyway, who cares? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes you reach your limit. Fallout's a great example. Or Skyrim, where they release four, five, six DLC packs, like, full stories. That's not going to be for everyone. And... to complain and say like, well, the pit, you know, Fort Pitt or whatever should have been in Fallout Three. It's like, well, the game's already a hundred hours long. Like, how much more do you want? We have to just draw it back and, and approach it as a case by case basis. I think that people like need to chill out a little bit about the DLC arguments getting a little old. Arctic Sloth asks, why don't big name publishers like EA and Activision raise the price of their games and do away with microtransactions? I mean, I think the point of the microtransactions is those are what get people and they make them spend more money. Yeah, it's they're like, whale hunting. Yeah, and it, and it and it works for them. The whales on a lot of these games are, even when you go into mobile space, when you talk about King and all these like developers are making millions and millions and millions of dollars a day, 
Um, they're not making it off of their whole base, mm-hmm. hardly at all. They're making it off of one or two percent of the people. I'm sure EA and Activision would fucking love to raise the price of games, but they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that ultimately, even though we're seeing kind of contrary things in Canada where prices of games are going up again, that's more of a monetary issue. I think games are going to go down in price. Um, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show with digi- the digital revolution and stuff. When you can cut out the middleman, you can cut out shipping and manufacture of discs and GameStop's cut and all that kind of stuff, games can only get cheaper. Um, so the microtransaction thing shouldn't be troubling if it's done right. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about EA's great example of Plants vs. Zombies 2 where I was desperate to just buy that game. Yeah. And they're like, nope, you can't Mega buy blast. it. blast. Yeah, it's like, you can't buy it. And I'm like, I'll give you $20 if you just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and now since you're bothering me all the time, I'm not giving you shit. I played that entire game without giving them a fucking cent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a, if they're doing it cleverly, then it's then it works. And if they're doing it like yeah. a bunch of assholes, then it doesn't but work. But I think with the microtransactions, you know, for every 10 of yous, there's one person spending right. $30. Then yeah. there's another spending $100. You know what I mean? That's so I feel the like, Yeah, the just hedge, hedging their bets there. Um, they're not shy about talking about that kind of stuff, a lot of those developers. And then DA Lar wants to know, game delays are often, but how come when they go gold early, they don't come out early? Like Witcher 3. Um... This is an example of a, a plan, sticking to the plan. I think that CD Projekt Red was probably given more time than they needed. Um, but the date was already established, and it gives them time to patch the game, too. Um, so there's no reason to rush the game out. and You don't want to like jump your release date. It's like, it's like announcing an album six months before it comes out, and they'll be like, oh, it's available three weeks early. Like That's bad marketing. That's bad for you. So even if the game's done... Everyone knows it. the May, May 19th, May 19th, May exactly. 19th. You've been See, saying that's it forever. That's what's interesting, though. Like you know, With music... You, you just said that, but it's like I feel like recently that's people have been doing that constantly just because that creates those news headlines. Well, they've been I don't think that they've been announcing a date and then jumping in a month. I think they've been a lot of people have been putting out records. Well, I mean, like Kendrick nowhere. Lamar put out like he announced the date of like whatever it was, March 21st. And then he was like, you know, whatever. It's out March 14th. Yeah, but some of these things are happening because of leaks. That wasn't leaked, though. That was just they just did it like that happened though recently. A big album leaked. What was it? I don't remember, but I, some female Spice artist. Girls. No, some female artist that, that I can't remember it. I think that it's we can't really compare. It's kind of mm-hmm. apples and oranges. The music industry and the way they deal with albums is really it's different. Doesn't it's also doesn't really matter anymore because mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's it's just a single right. mentality now. Um, but yeah, CG project CD project Red has nothing to lose by holding on to the game. Yeah, releasing it early would be stupid. Um, because it gives them time to iron the game. Just because the game is... Like, people have to understand that the, the fundamental thing of a game being gold means it's playable and it's done and it's past certification. It's not necessarily finished. That's unfortunately kind of the nature of, of design today um, and making games. P- patch 1.01 will surely be available when Witcher 3 comes out and it's going to have a bunch of shit on it, I'm sure. I'd be shocked if that game didn't have a day one patch. Everything does. Um, so, yeah, give them time to breathe. And they also, you know... Th- again, stick to the plan. The publisher also has a plan. It's not only up to the developer. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Thank you guys so much for the first and last ever 17th episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast. And thank you guys for listening and supporting all this stuff and supporting us with all of our Pro Flowers goodness and all that. Thank you, Greg, for bringing us. You're welcome. Three of them. I liked that. Maybe liked one that day there'll be three different ones. Maybe. <laughs> hey, but whatever. These are steps. We're figuring this all out. And thank you guys for being here with us as we figure it all out. It's a lot of fun being here. And until uh, next week. Please leave comments down below if you're on YouTube or just like tweet at us if you're on Patreon. Listening if you're listening to the MP3 and your mom's already at the podiatrist, just write, look down and write it on the bottom of your chair. Don't worry about the bunion. I like that. No problem. Yeah. Let us know what you think of Star Ocean 5 on the bottom of a chair somewhere. Thank you. That'll be nice. <laughs> Take Until a photo. Next week. Tweet it at us. <laughs>